Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 30, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Before we get into the action, and I'll explain what those lines running across the screen are, a little bit of housekeeping to get out of the way. This is likely the final video of 2020. If something nutty and crazy happens New Year's Eve on Thursday, market then fine we'll do something over the weekend however if not this will conclude the 2020 video series and we'll get off to 2021 next week a i want to wish everybody a happy and healthy new year going forward as you know i appreciate each and every one of you whether you're an inside the numbers member whether you've taken any one of my courses or you just watch these videos either way i enjoy and appreciate the participation i want to thank everybody very much and here's something else 2021 at least as far as i can tell promises to be every bit as interesting and volatile at times as 2020 was picture that for a moment now let's get into the action the first thing we do is what jumps off the page at us on the daily chart what's interesting is there any new information there's no new information basically over the last three days monday tuesday and today the market after gapping up for the week has basically gone nowhere we've gone sideways for three days it's a holiday week it's a quiet market week specifically the time between christmas and new year's this is what we call garden variety market behavior so what actually is the s p doing at present well a we know it's an uptrend the trend is your friend until she throws you out we know about that one they're eating time off the clock what does that mean that means if they continue eating time off the clock and stay above a certain price we'll get to that in a moment as long as they do that they would be building energy for another move higher they had what we like to call a failed breakout attempt yesterday that created the gap and crap or what looks like a reversal candle but as long as they stay up here eating time off the clock above all the moving averages and they stay above 370.83 on the SPY on hourly closes and certainly a daily close then all they're doing is going back and forth eating time off the clock building energy for another leg higher what changes that getting below 270.83 on hourly closes and then a daily close what does that do it promotes price going in to fill the gap and likely down to the price we talked about last night 367.90 give or take with all that being said has anything changed from yesterday and the answer is no it hasn't what's going to change on a day where the market really didn't go anywhere here's inside the numbers we're going to take a look at the commentary we're going to go back to the chart because there are some lessons learned but we're going to go through this rather rapidly because today is the day where i'm going to cover the other stuff that i've been promising to cover for several days regardless of how long it takes if the video gets somewhat extended so be it we'll all deal with it the pre-market commentary nothing was going on wake up to a little bit of a snapback in price they had a little bit of a dip yesterday a little bit of a snapback early in the pre-market activity the trend is your friend until she dumps you yada 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 early thoughts 
will recall the discussion from both yesterday inside the numbers and in last night's common sense market analysis video. There's an hourly chart breakdown candle created after yesterday's first hour of trading. What happens if they get inside that candle? They'll want to climb up and not necessarily to the top, but at least toward the top of that breakdown candle. That's what they do the majority of the time. We use the 80-20 rule around these parts, and 80% of the time the market is just going to do the thing that it normally does 80% of the time. 20%, it's going to be something else. We call this the duck syndrome. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's going to be a duck once in a while, maybe two out of 10 times, it's an ugly duck. We didn't have any stocks on the move surface this morning. The super scanner was shooting blanks. It is what it is. It's that time of the year. There just wasn't a lot of stocks moving in the pre-market. We take what the market gives us and we move on. Speaking of which, let's move it along. Now, what I'm going to do here in order to move things along is I'm just going to run through the notes. What I urge you to do is pause the video and read the notes, read the numbers, go back to the chart and double check the information. See what the market was doing after, in fact, the notes were posted. We're going to bring out two important things. We're going to bring out two numbers and we'll go over them when we go back to the chart. 372.65 is one and 370.75 is another one which you'll see later on in the notes. These are two numbers that are important to the market. So we were watching for either a breakout above the first number or a failure and a run down to the second number which would promote support. Meaning the 370.75 should have been and in fact was in fact support let's continue on and you'll see exactly what i'm talking about in a moment so here you'll see the other number mentioned it was actually 37175 i regret the error i made a boo-boo before when i said 370. we called it an early day you can see the post at 114 let's call it what it is a slow grinding light volume holiday market chop shop formation it's painful to sit here and watch Let's not do that. So here's a just-in-caser. 371.75 should still be support if they get there in a hurry at some point. Getting above 372.65 later could spark an end-of-the-day jam session. Other than that, we'll see you in this video. Here's a 15-minute chart. You know the routine. Right of the vertical is today's activity. This says everything. You can see the resistance. You can see the support. The market traded in a very narrow range all day long, but you can also see, in fact, they did come into 371.75 near the end of the day. They did go slightly below by a few pennies. They did bounce off of it, and they had a bounce back up to what? Exactly 372.44. Now, in real terms, that's not a bad bounce. For a scalp trade, for a quick trade, that's fine. But look at the range that the market traded in all day long. Very narrow, very quiet, chop shop formation. But that was the only thing on the board. And still yet, it pays to have your numbers. If you know the number that the market needs to get above, stay above, close candles above in order to have another leg higher, that you can hang your hat on. Also, if the market falls Where's it going to stop falling? You need to know where the support is. And the point here is, if you're at all active during the trading day in the market, specifically the S&P 500, then you can use a tour guide. 
Each and every day we get the numbers for the most part spot on. And unless you have the numbers yourself, it's a whole lot easier go of it when you have them in your back pocket. Here's an hourly chart. So I just want to make mention of this. We have this breakdown candle, this reversal candle and the hourly chart. But we also have to consider a couple of things. What's dominant? We know the uptrend is dominant. That's one thing. Here we had a gap higher and minus that candle, you're just going sideways eating time off the clock. Now, can we ignore the candle? No, we're not going to ignore the candle. We know what to do with the candle. If they get above the candle, which happens to be the all-time high, but it's not always the all-time high, but in this case it is. If they get above the high of the candle, start closing hourly above it, we know there's another leg higher coming. Are they going to want to run a test of the high of that candle at some point? Well, they got about halfway up today. Is that good enough? Well, maybe it is. If it is good enough, that's telling you that there's some weakness in the air. If in fact they can't even run a test up near the high of the breakdown candle and they fail and fall away and they start closing below what? Remember from before, 370.83, then they're going to come down to fill the gap and likely go to 367.90. So this is how we hashtag read the tape. What about if we're looking at, for example, a 120-minute chart? Well, what can we say about this? Well, now we have competing information. We had it on the other chart, but it's easier to see here. First, we have a gap up and we're going sideways. Okay, fair enough. But what happens if we want to look at it another way? Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Didn't we have a move down and aren't we going sideways? Doesn't this generally result in another move down? So maybe they're competing with each other. That's fine. One of those two things is going to take hold and play out. But we have to know the whole setup. It's a whole lot easier when you play umpire calling balls and strikes because then you're not surprised or even disappointed at one thing or the other if the market starts doing something you know what it's doing or what it's likely doing because you've done the homework and you're prepared you show up in uniform ready to go what about the iwm anything to see here Never came into the 20 period moving average, had a nice bounce off yesterday's low. Can we make anything of it other than this? We had a two day pullback, came up short of the 20 period moving average. All the moving averages are still trending higher. It's basically still at highs, not necessarily at the highs we were at two days ago, but we're near the all time highs, trending higher in an uptrend at the end of the year. Are we going to make anything other than the fact that it went down for two days after making a high and busting through a big fat round number of 200? And basically, that's the way I'm looking at it. Below 191.48 on hourly and then daily closes, something else is going on. And 188, then 184 would be on the docket. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Any change here? No change. Riding underneath the 20 period moving average, still making a bearish, flaggish kind of thing that will generally result in an ensuing move to the downside. We're looking at 12,000, period, full stop. No change until they can at least get back above the 20 period moving average. Then we can talk. Folks out in Silicon Valley, anything going on here? Just went sideways from yesterday. No change. Uptrend. Trend is your friend. That's it. XLF. Any change here? No change. Target, 30 bucks. In case you don't remember where $30 comes from, here's the crash. This is the big breakdown candle ending 
February 28, 2020. That's the week ending February 28, 2020. That's the corona crash. So guess what? What's the high of that breakdown candle? $30.06. Where are they headed? To test the high of the breakdown candle. Maybe it's $29.90. Maybe it's $29.99. Maybe it's $30.08. Somewhere in there, we're rounding the target is $30. Smash mouth. They are and were riding the 20-period moving average also like the transports in a bearish, flaggish formation. However, now... On a day when they popped back up above the 20-period moving average and incidentally closes above the high of all this stuff in one shot. So the high from Monday, two days ago, was 217.49. Got above it and closed above it today. That's a positive sign. That's bullish behavior. Take it for what it is, whether it's in concert with or diverges from another market doesn't make any difference. We use each chart. We take every market independent of other markets. The daily chart was making a bearish flaggish kind of thing. That's fair enough. What's the weekly chart doing? The weekly chart is going back and forth near the highs in an uptrend, albeit extended from home base. So they can come down to home base, but this uptrend is up there pretty solid embedded. Remember that 204? Where does that come from? Well, it didn't come from here on the daily chart, but it's confirmation that you have a weekly chart breakup candle. The low is 203.98. If in fact you found, and this is just a chart lesson, I'm not saying the SMH is going to be down there anytime soon, but if you found the SMH down near 204, you take a look at what the current market condition is. How did they get there? Did they hover there for a while? Or did they come there in a straight shot? And if they came there in a straight shot or close to it, guess what? Under normal garden variety conditions on a weekly chart, they may get below intro week, but they're going to fight that spot during the week. They're going to fight that spot at the end of the week. Now, from this point forward, we're going to take a look at a few other things that we don't normally look at. Sometimes we do, but for the most part, we really don't. We're going to start with some sector exchange traded funds. XLE, the energy sector. Okay, fair enough. We got to look at the daily chart and then we'll take a look at the weekly chart. What's the daily chart? Well, you know what it's doing. We had a drop and then we've been eating time off the clock in a bearish, flaggish kind of formation. So what's that telling us? That they want to run down into these moving averages on the daily chart. 35, 36 bucks, 34 bucks, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's not a big deal one way or the other. What we're trying to do is get a gauge on the health of the market, meaning is there a canary in the coal mine, something we don't normally see? Is a sector falling apart? Is something melting away that's indicative of more to come? That's what we're looking for here. So let's flip over to the weekly chart. What do we see on the weekly chart? We see a market that fell away. And now basically, and if you project out what does the monthly chart look like, looks like a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing going on after the last drop. There's the monthly chart. So in fact, that is what's going on. They ran up to test the high of the last breakdown candle. No surprise to anybody. That was in the month of June. You can see here the high in the month of June was 46.88. The high of the breakdown candle, 47.99. They're in the neighborhood of the high. Until and unless they can close a month above that number, then guess what? This is a bearish, flaggish formation. So what does that tell us from an energy sector 
perspective. Energy is a leading indicator of what's to come, the health of an economy, the health of the global economy. Is the chart telling us that there's more or less energy to be purchased projecting into the future? And what the chart is telling us, the chart is saying there'll be less energy consumption. Whether or not that's true or not doesn't matter. That's what the chart is telling us today. Umpire, balls and strikes. How about the tech sector? XLK is the tech spider fund. Any trouble here on the daily chart? Absolutely not. We know tech has been on a tear. We don't expect to see any trouble on a chart like this. Weekly chart, trend is your friend, new highs. There's nothing wrong with this picture. About retail, look at the weekly chart of retail. Anything wrong with this picture? No, at new highs, it's telling us that things are robust. Now here's what we need to take away when we see charts like this. There's a couple of things that are likely to happen. And by the way, here's the EEM, emerging markets, same thing. No trouble here, nothing to see, move it along. XLY, consumer discretionary, anything to see here? No, new highs, move it along. There's nothing to see with these charts that are very strongly in an uptrend and remain in an uptrend. But here's what I'll say. And here's the EFA, same thing. Above all the moving averages, nothing wrong whatsoever. But here's what we'll say. And this is part opinion, part what I think is coming in 2021. The market's not going to keep going. The fact that a lot of these sectors or most or all of these sectors minus the energy sector is really telling us, don't look here. There's nothing wrong, nothing to see here. That tells me that we're likely to see some kind of black swan event once again. I would call the coronavirus a black swan event. All of a sudden, everything's going along just fine. And then we had the virus begin to slowly unfold. Then it impacted the U.S. Then it impacted the market and the rest is history. We're calling that a black swan event because you can't see it coming. We're probably going to have something else on the docket in 2021 that we don't see coming now. What does that also tell us? Well, guess what? It also tells us that until such an event occurs, if in fact one is going to occur, then the market can continue grinding higher in the face of the wall of worry, climbing the wall of worry. If there's nothing wrong, then there's nothing wrong, and they'll give it every excuse to be bullish until they don't. Let's move on and cover some other stuff. So here's the good old Dixie. This is the continuation contract of the US dollar. We know the dollar's been getting crushed. The daily chart seems like it's going into the abyss. The weekly chart seems like it's going into the abyss. The monthly chart is coming into the 100 period moving average. It's also coming into potentially the 200 period moving average. So here's what I'll say. You're likely to get some kind of reaction off the 100, but if they go to the 200, by the time they get there and about three or $4 later down farther in the Dixie and they'll have thrown out the Dixie with the bathwater, we're already seeing signs that we saw before. We've seen this book before. We've read this book before. We've watched the movie trailer before. People want to start getting paid in Bitcoin or other forms of currency or perceived currency when the U.S. dollar goes down a lot. 
I just heard there was some, I think it was an NBA player that said he wanted to get paid from now on in Bitcoin. Well, when that stuff starts to happen, you're closer to a good low in the dollar than you would be to a much farther decline in the dollar. I'll give you one more bit of information. Think back to the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. Think back to time is more important than price. Now look at this chart and you tell me if this chart is right about on time into a moving average. Guess what? If it works out that way, just when people get to at least what seems to be maximum bearishness, you're going to see a market turn. That's the way the market works. It happens in every market under the sun, every stock under the sun. They're going to throw it out in the bathwater, leave it for dead, and that's just, generally speaking, around the time it's going to find a pretty darn good low. Am I saying it's going to find a low to go to new highs? No, I'm not saying that now. We don't have to say that now. But what we are saying, and if you just look at this monthly chart, right, what's likely to happen? Let's project out something. We'll play a little game of hypothetical dollar trading. Let's say the dollar continues to get crushed and it comes into the monthly chart, 200 period moving average, right around 86 and a half, 87, 86 in that neighborhood. We don't know exactly where that will be. Let's say several weeks from now, a month from now, it's a moving target is the moving average. However, Let's just say it's 86 and a half for argument's sake. By the time the dollar gets there, there's going to be a whole lot more bearish sentiment, bearish people out there of the U.S. dollar than there is today. That's fine. That's the recipe for a turn. At least it's part of the ingredients of the recipe for the turn. Let's say, and we're thinking again about the course, lazy e-mini trader, time is more important than price. Let's say in the month of January, they take a spike down and they put in a sign or signal of a trend change by the end of the month of January. What are those? Again, those are found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. There are several of them and you need to know what they are, what they represent and how to use them. And you can see we're starting to put together in this hypothetical dollar trade scenario, we're starting to put together a hypothetical full stack. What's that? A full stack is a full stack of stuff that supports the reason why a market or a stock is going to either find support or resistance. I'm giving you a full stack of why it would find support around 86 and a half. So let's just say the month of January puts in a sign or signal of a trend change. So we have time is more important than price. We have a sign or signal of a trend change. People are excessively bearish. Not just one NBA player, but a whole lot of people now want to get paid in Bitcoin and whatever else they can come up with. Guess what? 86 and a half, all that stuff going on, it's a screaming buy. Buy it with three hands. We'll just put a marker. I've got the marker at 86.7 for no reason. It's just in that neighborhood. We'll leave it on the chart and we'll check back and see what happens later. What about gold? We'll cover gold real quick on the daily chart. This is the continuous contract of gold futures. Currently, we're in the February contract, February 2021. Guess what? What are they doing? They're eating time off the clock, building energy to make another move higher into and through the 100 period moving average. What's the target? 
real rough target is 1950, 1960. Is that an ultimate target? No, of course not. That's the near-term target if and when they get above the 100-period moving average. Much below 1875, and they'll likely pay a visit down to about 1840, 1845 in that neck of the woods. Silver, similar chart, but not exactly the same. More of an uptrend, more of a grinding move higher than one of those eating time off the clock consolidation type patterns. What's my target right now, the near-term target and silver? 2850. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. Once again, wishing everybody a happy and healthy new year in the year 2021. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast, Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.